Welcome to Born to Succeed with Michael Merritt. Thank you for your time. It's our favorite time of the day to hang out and make a difference in your life with a spirit of joy through motivation, inspiration, and faith. We're going to hear from Michael in a way only he can do through enthusiasm and his passion. You may be stuck in life. Well, today's message is going to get you back on track where you know how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get this party started. Here's Michael Merritt. Hey, Mr. John, what's going on, Bert? How you doing? Hey, doing good, Mike Merritt. How are you doing, man? I'm doing blessed, man. Good to have you back on the podcast with us today on the Born to Succeed podcast. Guys, we got John Sansoni back with us today. We're going to speak some words of wisdom with you guys and and uh, the title that we have today's message is going to be down to the last dollar, but still seeking my way back to the top. And, and Mr. John's got some words here for this for sure. I do as well. I mean, a lot of us have been down and out. And I think that's the difference between those that just stay there is that that hunger, that desire to keep going, that still seeking to the top. Right. So, John, tell us what you feel about that and what your uh, what your opinion of that is, sir. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I mean, I can remember like as a. Uh... I've gotten different uh, CDs, tapes back in the day, anything to pump me up when I'm feeling a little down. The thing that really gets me going is hearing somebody talk about how I was in this miserable, small 500 square foot apartment. I had this dilapidated bed. I didn't know, you know, how I was going to eat from day to day, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, I'm just kind of giving a backdrop, but I wanted to tell my story, like what was going on with me when I was down to my last dollar. So, Mike, it was shortly after I moved to Dallas, I uh, was living out of an apartment. It wasn't just me. It was me and two other guys in a three bedroom. And uh, I lost my job right at Christmas time. So I got let go from my company like right at Christmas time. So I'm from Missouri. So I was wow. living in Dallas, went back home, pretty depressed, came back to Dallas. And to be honest, when you don't have a job in the big city, yeah. you know this too. It's not like you feel like you belong anymore. When you got a job, you feel like something's going on, but you know, you're not married. You don't really have a girlfriend. You don't have many friends, period, because you just moved from another state to this state. And so you're just trying to make your way in the world. And so I was, man, down and out, unemployed. Uh, I think I might have been getting a little unemployment, but unemployment was dismal back then. And back then, to get your unemployment check, you had to physically go to the unemployment office And you had to have a card where you showed where you tried to get like three or four jobs that one week Uh before you get denied. (laughs) Yeah. And it still should be that way, brother. I'm with you. I had to do that same thing way back when I was 18 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, but, but anyway, I mean, the thing that I think is, uh, is interesting. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about the struggle, but then I'm going to talk about the triumph. So here's the part about the struggle. So the struggle was I was so low on cash. I budgeted myself each week, and this would have been back in the late 80s, early 90s, probably 1990 if I had to be specific, maybe 89. But uh, that particular time, I budgeted myself $10 for groceries. $10 a week. A week. 
for yeah. groceries. That, uh-huh. that was it. Yep. So, so then you're like, well, okay, you only got $10 for groceries. How do you make $10 last? I mean, I could have bought like packages of hot dogs. I could have bought like a big thing of bologna. And I don't even think kids eat bologna anymore. And, you know, the cheapest <laughs> bread I could find, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to be creative because, you know, the title of this is Seeking the Top When You're Down to the Last Dollar. Yeah. And so what I did was I tried to be as nutritious as possible. So we didn't have the online. We couldn't go on the Internet to figure out recipes. But I, I pretty much made up my own recipe. And every recipe I made was a casserole. There so I go. took that $10. And I'm going to say eight of that $10 or seven of that $10 went to a casserole. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and that was really feeling, I mean, you know, kind of depressing if you let it. So each night you're eating the same thing for dinner and for lunch, you know, I imagine I just like had a, you know, couple pieces of bread and some peanut butter slammed in it. And that's, that's what lunch was. Right. But, uh, but dinner was pretty healthy. So it was a casserole. It tended to have some type of noodle in it or some type of rice, some type of, uh, of meat, be it chicken or beef or pork, whatever I decided to put in the casserole. And, uh, and then two, um, I always made myself a dessert. That's why I'm saying like seeking the top. So even though I was down to my last dollar, I was making myself dessert. So I was trying to find the sweet part of life. Yeah. even though I didn't have a lot to spend on the sweet part of life. Yeah. I was making strawberry pie. I was making chocolate cake. I was making vanilla cake. This definitely isn't an advertisement for people going through, you know, uh, weight loss situation, but, but this <laughs> is just, you know, talking about like how to pump yourself up when you're going through life's most difficult times. Right. Yeah. And I think like so, you said, that, that's mm-hmm. that hunger, right? I mean, well, you yeah. have hunger on both sides, right? <laughs> You had a physical hunger, but you had that desire burning inside that hunger, right? Exactly. And and I literally, I had very little money to feed my uh, body and I had no money to feed my mind. So what I did do, and I've heard Tony Robbins talk about this, like he says things like, well, you might feel like you're not wealthy, but you're living in the wealthiest country in the world. And he gives an example And one of the examples he gives is we have public libraries that are filled with knowledge. Right. And, and that's what I did. I was living in Dallas. And so I I went down to the Dallas public library and, uh, and I just got as much as I could get with my library card. I went and I checked out all these positive motivational, uh, cassette tapes because that's what they had back then. Sure. And, uh, and then two, I checked out books on subjects that were uh, inspiring. Yeah. yeah. So wasn't spending any money, wasn't going in Barnes and Noble, wasn't going in any kind of expensive bookstore, you know, still just uh, barely making it from the uh, down to the dollar standpoint, but making it with, with all I could. The other thing that I, uh, that I did was I got up early in the morning, even though I had nowhere to go, Mike. Uh And I walked around the perimeter of my apartment, probably the equivalent of like three miles. If it was cold, if it was rainy, uh, at that point it was, you know, it was either like, you know, cold or rainy or, or okay weather. It wasn't yet summer or mild weather yet. 
And, and I was doing it early in the morning, so it was still dark out. Right. And then from, a, you know, the other standpoint, and I, I find this kind of interesting. I hope this helps some people out. But this is just kind of like how to put yourself in a good state when things aren't going your way. So you and I, Mike, we both grew up with the movie Rocky. Yes, sir. Right? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. You know that as, as, he's, yeah. as he's getting Eye in a the corner. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and all through all the Rocky movies, uh, as, as he's getting in the corner and, uh, and he's letting the guy beat the hell out of him, at some point he comes out and, he, and he's just got superhuman strength. And even though he's not the best fighter in the world, he starts winning. And uh, in the Rocky theme at that point, as I was walking, because it was a little cooler out, I was wearing my leather jacket that I had that some girl bought me. Uh-huh. And I was wearing this vintage fedora, just like Rocky did in Rocky 1. And I was humming that music to myself as I was getting ready, because as soon as I got done walking, as soon as I got done eating my meager breakfast, I was getting on the horn and I was calling people and I was making a full-time job, Mike, out of finding a job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But again, because you had that hunger. You weren't just going to sit by and let life go by. You were like, I've got to make this happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I had nothing, so I had nothing to lose. And that's that's a pretty good point right there, right? You're like, man, I got to just, I just got to go and keep going and keep going and and I think so many times that's where people fail is that they will try and then they stop or they'll try once or they'll try twice. And, you know, um, I, I tell people so many times it, it just got to keep trying. I mean, we've heard that saying as we were young, you know, try and try and try. And if at first you don't succeed, you try again. And and I think that's the biggest thing with uh, successful folks or the ones that want to be successful is that they know yeah. I've got to keep trying. I mean, I'm like a baby that's trying to walk. And at no point do you tell me, baby, Trump, stop trying because you're not going to walk. You're like, no, I'm, exactly. I'm gonna, my baby's going to walk, Mike, and he's not going to get it right now. But we're going to keep trying until he does it. And I think that's kind of the way that we have to do it. You just got to keep plugging and keep knowing, OK, well, that didn't work. What's the next thing? And, and here's the next one. And then that didn't work. OK, but this part of it did work. And, and by the time you take all those little factors of what did work, next thing you know, you've got a winning combination. And, Absolutely. Uh, that, that's through that's through working and trial and and of course having that hunger and that desire to want to be better. And I think that's the two things. Um, I just listened earlier to um, a message with Tony Robbins, and he yeah. said, you know, in, innovation and marketing, innovation and marketing. He goes, you know, you could be the most successful business in the world. If you don't market right, you're not going anywhere. And you could be the most successful business in the world and if you don't have any innovation. At some point, your company is not going anywhere. And uh, he pointed pointed towards Apple. He said, you know, one of the things that make Apple so successful is that they never stop innovating. And they always look for what does that customer want? What is my ideal customer? What makes them happy? And let's just keep working and try to figure that out, whether it's opening a box for their new iPhone or whatever that is, that pretty packaging, whatever. But they just figure it out down to the little niches. And that's what, you know, makes them so successful. But absolutely, that's like yeah. That drive, you said you just got to have that drive, and then just keep wanting to go and go and go. Yeah. Well, so in, you were yeah, going and you were uh-huh. stuck, and, and so mm-hmm. you had roommates at the time, John. I did. Yeah, I had roommates, and both of my roommates were employed, so it even made me feel more like a loser. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and you do take on those words, right? I mean, you take on those feelings of, 
you know, some of the biggest, I guess, global metaphors you might call them of I'm a loser because I'm not working or I'm this or I'm that. And, and then it just sticks to your brain a little bit or it can really cause you not to excel. So the fact that you pushed through that and was like, you know what, I'm going to use this to my motivation. Yeah, that's exactly. The sign of somebody that's truly successful and moving that way is that I'm going to use these things that are trying to set me back and hold me back towards my advantage. And then now I'm going to keep going. You're not stopping. Here exactly. Go. You got to stay in the fight and you got to stay focused on the fight. And right. uh, in, in Zig Ziglar, because you and I both love quoting him. But, yes. but, but the thing about Zig Ziglar, he said something one time. It really moved me. And, uh, and he said, life is hard. And then he goes on to say, he says, I don't know what your experience has been in the past about life. But I want to tell you, as long as I've been on this earth, I find life to be hard. But then he goes on to say, but you will make life increasingly easier if you're hard on yourself to get the things done that you need to get done. And I don't know, he wasn't saying to be hard on yourself in terms of like be mean to yourself. But what he's saying is, is develop an amount of discipline that you that you get in there and you get done what you need to get done instead of procrastinating. You, yeah. you get, you get in that fight and you get focused on that fight. You know, one thing I want to, cause I like to give a bunch of practical knowledge when I can, when, it, when I'm being interviewed for other people that they can use it. But, yeah. but a couple of things that really helped me, Mike, one of them was sitting down with professional recruiters when I was looking for work. And, 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 and it's a lot like with people who work with you and you're their, uh, and you're their coach, you know, you're their, you're their guide, so to speak, a professional recruiter. If you are looking for a job, not looking to start your own business, a professional recruiter will shrink the time to get the job because a professional recruiter will show you what you're doing wrong and will explain to you how to do it right. And I learned so much from professional recruiters because they, uh, they're trying to make a commission off of placing you with the company. Right. And, and, and they represent both the company and they represent you. So, right. so they, they, they can't put their, uh, they can't put you forward without you being the best you can be. So they help you with your resume. They help you with interview skills. They help you with, you know, show up a little early to the meeting, you know, all the things that are needed to sharpen you up kind of uh-huh. sharpen the sword, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that all just makes you better as you get that insight, especially because now you kind of have that HR inside of what they're looking for. Exactly. I mean, right. it helped me. It helped me. Yeah. Something else practical that one of the recruiters mentioned to me, and I hadn't really thought of it before, but she, they're like, you know, you, you got a lot of skills, John, but I got to be honest. When I, when I first got out of school, I was not a good interviewer. I mean, uh-huh. I was a country boy. I grew up right outside of Kansas city, Missouri. If you drove in four directions, Mike, in my hometown, you hit cornfield. We used to play sand volleyball and I would spike the ball right into the cornfield. So when I'm saying that, like you hit cornfield, you hit yeah. cornfield right. and, uh, it was farmland. It was country. And I get to right. Dallas and Dallas, you know, it's very metropolitan. It's very <laughs> cosmopolitan. As we very, said the other day, the concrete yeah, jungle. <laughs> yeah. Concrete jungle. Exactly. And, uh, and, and you kind of feel like a number here and, uh, and, and it was hard for me 
to put forth my best self because I was intimidated by the city. I was intimidated by the businesses within the city. Uh-huh. So, um, so uh, going through that process with the professional recruiter was really beneficial to me. Something they told me to do, and this book is still out there for people that are interviewing, that are trying to sharpen their interview skills. It helped uh-huh. me tremendously. It's called Knock Them Dead. I don't know who the author is, but back in the okay. day when you used to like go to Kinko's Copies, I don't even think it's called Kinko Copy anymore. You used to go to Kinko Copy and, and get your resume on really nice parchment so that you could interview with the company or an organization. Uh, yeah. Right there was Knock Them Dead interview book. It's a great book. I think it's still available online. Okay. I don't sell it. I don't even know who the author of it is, but I can tell you that that book, I've used it during my life in, in both sales situations with uh, customers, clients. I've also used it in interview situations, and it is amazing. Wow. Okay. I had to check that out. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the one thing is to continue to always increase your knowledge. Um, and, again, bringing up Tony. Um, yeah. I was, talk, I was thinking about Tony earlier when you said that about the public library because, you know, when Tony was 18, he was working as a janitor. He was making 40 bucks a week, and uh, he, he knew he was down and out, and he, but he knew that he wanted to become more. Right. And so kind of like you said, he's really down to his last dollar. He's making 40 bucks a week. He's 18 years old. He's on his own. Um, his parents kicked him out of the house when he was 17. His mom had been married four times, and, and uh, so basically the long and short was and that he saw this mentor of his that was really successful and, and he asked him if he'd be his mentor and so he was kind of asking him what makes him successful and right got, what, what he could do and the guy said well you need to start reading and you need to go to a, a seminar and I, I recommend going and seeing this guy jim Rohn. yeah and so he went and and so the guy said you know here's who i go to jim Rohn." Da, 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 da. and tony said oh okay you know how much are the tickets? And he said, well, they're $35. Tony was like, oh, my God, that's like one week's wait. I can't get this. And the guy was like, you're trying to increase your life, right? Invest in yourself. You can miss a meal, but you can't miss this. And so oh, Tony was yeah, like, okay. That's solid. So, so he was like, so I got 40 bucks, and I'm going to spend $35 of it this week, and I'm going to have $5 to live on. And I'm going to go to a gym room seminar. And he went for three and a half hours. He said he scribbled so hard the whole time. He just was writing 300 miles an hour. He came back two weeks later and did the same seminar. He went back two weeks later, did the same seminar. And he goes, now, listen, he said the same thing each time. The same. I mean, even dropped the chalk into his right hand to his left hand the same. He was like, I mean, he was like, boom, boom. He goes, all three times I got something out of him. The third time I went up to him and said, man, I need more. I need more. Long story short, Jim started mentoring him. Uh-huh. Tony moved in with him. Tony ended up moving in with Jim for a period of like three or four months. Oh, wow. Just to be around him, just to soak everything up. Yeah. And then he became a huge Jim protege, obviously, and went on it about. But Tony said, that's what he did. And his first seminar that Tony did, he said, where do you think I did? He said, I took that three and a half hours from Jim. The three times that I took notes, I went over those three times that I took notes 5,000 times, and then I just listened to every single thing Jim said every time he turned around, and that's what I spoke in my first seminar, And, and but people bought it. People were like, man, this is good. He goes, and I got paid. Right, <laughs> he was like, right. wow, that, that one week of my pay was worth it because I just made a couple of weeks. Oh, and of course, yeah. 
that he was 18 years old and starting on the path to personal development. And, you know, by the time he was 31, he was a millionaire and had his own island in Fiji. So obviously now he's worth a couple billion and, and has gone through the years. But he certainly started with meager ways. And he's 60 years old. Obviously, he's had blessings through the years. But Tony just has a work ethic that's just nonstop. He's oh, just yeah. not stop. True. I mean, so that's that fire and intensity. And obviously you had the same thing. Uh, coming from that side and and being out there and then coming to the big city, I think that does intimidate people. I think um, sure. I've even had friends of mine tell me that that they lived in the country and then came to the city and then they were even intimidated driving. And I was like, "What?" They're like, "Man, when I get out on seventy five or six thirty five, boy, it's kind of intimidating." I'm like, "I I just grew up here, sixteen years old, driving on these highways. I don't know what you're talking about." They're like, "Right, man, it's not like." Duh, 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 up in the country, bro. We don't have highways like this. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, the big city is temptated to a lot of folks. Well, and, it's, uh, and it's almost a metaphor, right, for life because anything you're trying to accomplish seems like a big city until you break it down and then you understand how to get around. You know, like back in the day when you moved to Dallas, you didn't know your way around. And so you right. had to buy something called, a, uh, I think, a map a map quest or a mapsco or something like that. Mapsco. Mapsco yep. is, it was a yep. blue book. And, uh, <laughs> and if you got lost, you'd open it up to where you were. And at least yep. you'd have an idea of kind of where you were in reference to the city as a whole. Right. And, uh, and, and I'm kind of backing this into something that I think is practical for people to, but, but a lot of times, we just go, 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 try to accomplish, 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 and we don't reference where we're at. And, and, and I think that's a problem for, for a lot of people. Like, where am I economically? Where am I spiritually? Where am I health-wise? You know, you got to yes. know where you are before you can know, like, what to do next. Like, I used to take care of a pool when I was a kid. And I couldn't just arbitrarily go feed the pool, whatever I wanted to feed the pool. First, I had to put test strips in it to see where it was. And then I would know what to do next. And, and our life is very similar to fixing that pool. Wow. Yeah, great analogy, man. Got to figure out what the problem is first. Otherwise, you're just throwing stuff at it, right? Yeah. In, in, I know that yeah. for sure. When I dabble with my pool, then I'm like, I got to get the pool guy over here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a humble thing. That's a humble thing to say, right? It's a yeah. very humble thing to say because, but, yeah, I got yeah. it. I'm not the expert, and I, I will try to play with it occasionally. And I'm like, man, I'll throw some Kims in there. All right. And then a little stuff will grow on the side. And I'm like, nope, nope, call the pool guy. I'm obviously not getting it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that's yeah. an analogy for life, too, because a lot of yeah. times we sit there and we, and we try to do it all ourselves. And uh, you're as spiritual as I am. A lot of times yes. you just got to leave it to God. You know, yes. you, they say they call it like moving the spirit, so to speak, versus just just trying to, like, do it logically. I got to admit, in life, there's a lot of things I do by pure gut. Like I'm inspired to do it is why I do right. it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A lot of things, and and I know that comes from above. It doesn't come from me. Some of the best right. things I've ever done in a business or in a business setting, uh, be it with a customer, a client, or even a boss, uh, it's been moving in the spirit, man. It's been like 
Tony Robbins even talks about it. Like you, you, you get in the flow and, and then the flow gets in you and it comes out of you and, uh, and it's better than anything you could have ever put on paper. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. But that's, that's where that passion comes in. That's where getting involved and getting really into that. Um, you know, if you just kind of dabble in it, you're not really going to, you know, as we know with anything, if you're dabbling in it, you're not really going to be successful at it. You might. Exactly. But dabbling's not going to get it. You got to be in there. You got to take massive action. You got to take the steps to, to get you to that next level. And you have to have that feeling inside of, I know this is going to work. I have the mindset that it's going to work. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to go this direction. I'm going to try until it can't have any other way for success and I'm going to figure out all that stuff and I'm going to get the best people on my team. And I think that's one of the things that Tony also has and Uh many great leaders have is the recognition of bringing people on your team. Yeah, You know, I think that's one of the things I remind people all the time is if you're a leader or in your corporation, wherever you are, and you're threatened by those people around you, then you need to reevaluate. Because you shouldn't be threatened by somebody coming up. You should go, man, that's a good person right there. I need to get them on my team. Exactly. those people that lack confidence sometimes feel threatened by those people, and they'll shut them down. Oh, yeah. And then the corporation doesn't benefit because this leader or the boss is shutting them down because, hey, I don't want you making me look bad. Yeah, I don't want you making me you know, look like you're smarter than me. Right. And so that's one of those things where you got to have a great team. I tell people that every day that – I certainly, as my business continues to grow, I'll bring in every great team member that I can because I know I can't do it on my own. And I know that when I place great people on the team, just like a team that wins a Super Bowl, they didn't win the Super Bowl by chance. They won the Super Bowl because they put great players in there in each position. And then they had a leader that then took those great players and became successful. Exactly. But that's all. Boy, that's a lot of steps right there, right? Sure. I mean, the team, the players, the the team having faith in the coach to listen to him, just like you said, kind of in life, right? I mean, yeah. You have to have faith in God to listen. When he puts something in your head, you got to go, well, why is he telling me that? We, oh, and Mike, maybe I should. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, what, I, is that I, my uh, imagination? I mean, right. why, is he, why is he telling me that? Right. right? Yeah, right. there's a reason. Hello, McFly. Right. But, but sometimes people hear it and then they just like, ah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with it. Hey, I'm telling them, that's uh-huh. it's your imagination. That's God, that's God right there saying, hey, I just planted the seed. Exactly. Now, here, here, right. Hey, Mike, uh, you, you are hitting something that is such a huge gold nugget. I want to make uh-huh. sure that, like, you know, we bring out the mallet and really drive it home because it is sure. a huge gold nugget. And, and it's a very simple term, but it's lost on so many people. But it's uh-huh. you got to be committed to success. You got to yes. be committed to what you're doing. You got to let people know that you're committed. You got to instill confidence in yourself and in the people that you're working with that you're committed. It's got to be your number one mantra that you're committed. And to be committed, you know what? You can't quit. Yep. 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 Even in the times that you feel like you want to quit, you can't quit. Nah. I mean, nah. you just have to keep going, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. And so many times you could just drop it and go, I'm not going to do this. I'm just, I'm just going to give up. It's not going to work, but we know that's not going to get us anywhere. I mean, you can have that mentality, 
Um, I certainly know as a young man, mm-hmm. boy, man, playing sports. I know you probably heard it as well. Yeah. The quitter never wins. The winner, you know, winner never quits. And and that's the truth. And quitting is just a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. So instead of exactly. having that, man, I'm just like, let's figure this out because this is just a temporary problem. Let's get over it. But I think so many times people react to the problem and they don't try to find a solution for the problem. So they get pissed off at whatever happened or they sad or they're hurt and they don't go, okay, well, here's the problem. How do I find a solution for this? And let me just get over it. Here we go. Yep. I think so many times they end up bogged down in the emotions that they can't get over there to find a solution. Right. Yeah. Well, but definitely commitment, man, you could, you can have, um, you can have a plan, you can do this. And if you don't have the commitment and the action to do it, you're not going to, you're not going to get there. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. at the point of commitment is everything else comes together. It's it's right. all the excuses that you have for not being successful go away. Uh, the ability to give up what you need to give up to be successful gets put in place. The, the point the point of commitment is is the beginning of success. Yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Zig said it a million times in his stuff. Zig would always say, you know, when you plan and prepare and expect to win, you're going to win. Exactly. But if you don't plan and you don't prepare, you certainly don't have the right to expect to win. Exactly. Yeah, it's just yeah, so, so, winning, so important. Winning is not something that just happens by accident. Well, you know, and I, I just want to throw out one other thing for everybody because I love throwing out practical anecdotes. But yeah. but But if you don't write down – what your committed goal is, then you then you have a wish and a dream. You don't have you don't have a true goal, because Absolutely. Be, because you can't obtain something that you don't write down. I mean, I guess you could, yes. But, yes. but but like they don't get done at the end of a football game and an end of a basketball game, and and just they didn't they didn't record what happened. I mean, going into it, they have a game plan, um, right. They know what they want to do. Most coaches want to – they have like a specific amount of points they want to put on the board, so to speak. You got to have right. a specific amount of points you want to put on the board. So don't be afraid to write down your goals. It's yes. going to make you uncomfortable the first time you do it. That's fine. It's better to write down a goal and feel uncomfortable and start going after an uncomfortable goal than to be a wondering generality and, and not be committed cool. Boy, that's the truth, man. And definitely, I've heard that from everyone that I've ever heard anywhere. That you, you know, it's just your imagination until you put it down on a piece of paper. Yeah. And then you put it down on a piece of paper, it becomes a goal. And now I have something to look at and something to go towards and something to work towards. And I'm like, okay, now it's a goal. Well, and then it yeah. also creates accountability. Yep. Because now I've written it down and said, okay, this is what I want to do. Exactly. I mean, and so then it puts a little more pressure on me to try to attain that. But if it's in my head, nobody knows it. And then I don't have accountability really to anybody. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's what happens a lot of times with what I call give up goals. Yep. Uh, somebody will say, I'm going to give up smoking. They a lot of times will because they told everybody else they were going to. Right. <laughs> right. And then the pressure is if somebody sees me smoking, dang it. Mm. I shouldn't have told him I was going to give it up. Right. But then right. that pressure comes from your wife or your husband going, I thought you said that we're going to stop smoking. And you're like, uh, 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 okay, I'm going to, 
right? Right. I sure. know because that's exactly what I did to my wife. I know. But I wasn't any better. I quit smoking five years ago. And as a healthcare provider, I always tell people, we know we just do the stupid things anyway. But no, I mean, sometimes it's just bad to break those. It's, it's hard to break that stuff, no matter what the habit is. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, goals. Man, if you don't have goals, you're not going to go anywhere. And, you know, what you said right there, John, uh-huh. it just really struck something in my brain yeah. that I tell everybody, write. Just write everything down, whether it's my goals, my aspirations, my uh, limiting beliefs, my vocabulary. Uh, one of the exercises I tell people to do is to write 10 words down in your vocabulary that you think you need to change. 10 words, just self-reflection and go, what are the words that I use so much that aren't real positive and what can I change them into? Right. I mean, if That's I get good. excited all the time and every time somebody makes me mad and I drop an F-bomb, well, F. Right. Well, okay, and he changed that word. Let me let me use something different this time. Um, I, how about I say unimaginable? Okay, that, that was unimaginable. Sure. That that was interesting, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, so I think it's changing those words. Uh, another thing that I heard, Mr. Steve Harvey, you know, Mr. Steve Harvey, uh-huh. um, he, he's a, also a motivational speaker. And I saw him in a, a, a video one time, and, and he said, you know, one thing, and it really stuck with me. He was like, one thing that I want you all to do is go home and write down 200 things that you want in life. And he goes, and I'm telling you, you're going to scream through the first 50 like crazy. You just real quick. Right. He goes, then the next 25 you'll get through. He goes, but the second hundred for sure, from a 100 to 200, you're really going to have to think about what you want. And he goes, and I don't mean just put crap out there like I want this. Really, if you want it, put it out there, be specific and write it down. He goes, and then what I want you to do is go back every week and read those things and read all of them and then start scratching off the ones that you've done. And he said, and I guarantee you in one year, you will have noticed that you probably sketched off about 25% of your list. Had you never written those down, would you have done that? That's the average. About one year later, you have scratched off 50 of your 200 things on your list. That's impressive. But if you didn't write them down, what would you have done? Sure. So then to go back one year later and go, man, I looked at this every single week. And every single week, I scratched one more thing off my list. And in a week, I did, in a year, I did 52 things. Sure. Holy moly. Mike, I'm I'm, re- I'm getting better. I'm saving money. I got my credit cards paid off. I did this. Man, looks like you're knocking those things out that you wanted to do. Let's, let's keep going. But, but it's about that realization, right? You have to see it. You have to have the clarity. You have to see it to believe it. Um, some people say it and some don't. I believe it. Self-actualization, self-visualization. Sure. Um, you know, if you remember Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live back in the day? where he would stand in the mirror and say, doggone it, I'm smart enough and pretty enough, and this is going to be a great day, and da-da-da. Some people think those positive affirmations are a little silly. I don't. I will tell you, if you stand in the mirror or put those Post-it notes on your mirror and read them every day, uh, there's nothing greater to me than positive affirmations from a standpoint of training my brain. Sure. I am great. It's going to be a great day. I'm the one that determines this when I get up. I determine it. You know, and of course, um, I share this verse all the time. But uh-huh. Psalms one eighteen twenty four, uh, Psalm eight one eighteen twenty four says, "For this is a glorious day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it." Yeah. And I tell people all the time, man, that verse right there says it, brother. I mean, this is the day that the Lord made for you, and you need to be rejoiceful and glad in it. And and so you need to get up and you need to have that attitude of, "I got another day," and hit my positive affirmations. 
Um, I start every morning with my Bible app. I then get out my book that I have daily inspiration Bible reading. Uh, I do that. Uh, I know so many other leaders back in the day. Zig Ziglar, he would spend an hour in the Bible every morning. That's the sure. very first thing that he did when he got up. Sure. Some people have different routines. Um, but I think it's filling yourself spiritually as well as, like you said, all those other legs. You know, I can't have one leg in the game and truly be successful. I mean, if I have a billion dollars, but my wife and kids hate me, I don't really think that's successful. Nope. Nope. If I have a billion dollars and my wife and kids hate me and I weigh 350 pounds and I'm going to die before I'm 60, I don't really think that's successful either. And so I think that wheel has to be completely smooth and round. And um, you have to have all those legs, whether it's career, your mental, your spiritual, physical, um, your personal life, your family, your financial. To me, those seven spokes, man, if you don't hit them all, you're really not driving on that smooth wheel that you could be driving on and that's really where we want to get and so i always try to take that introspective look where am i at right now man my my spirituality's kicking i'm over here at like a nine or a ten that's great how's my physical side well uh, I, i'm not working out as much as i want to i am walking two miles a day okay i need to eat better okay what's my family so for me it's that constant come back around and you said it before yeah. john to me, one of the number one things is family. It's God, family, friends. And and you've got to, to make your money. We know that. But we don't get so busy making a living that we forget to live life. Sure. And the family's got to come in there. And, um, you know, I was just talking to somebody earlier today about this. Uh, they were actually talking about the speaking circuit and saying, you know, um, so many people try to get on the speaking circuit because we were talking about getting on stages and things like that together. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, so many people, Mike, will just get on this speaking circuit because they know they can make two or three or five thousand dollars a speaking appearance and they'll book two hundred and fifty speaking appearances a year or more because they're just trying to make every dollar that they can. Sure. But then they find themselves in a different city every day and a different airport every day and, and no family. And I'm like, dude, I don't even want to be close to that. Yeah, that's I'm hard. Like, I, 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 that, that, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, that's to me is like a rock star lifestyle of traveling all the time. And that's that's not to me. That's not what it's about. I mean, I don't want to do that. I mean, some people, you got to do that. And I, that's understandable. But that's certainly not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at family. And I tell people, obviously, my goal is to help others. Obviously, I got to make a living as well. But, you know, it's about helping others. And I know that God's going to give me everything I need. But I certainly am looking to get on stages and, and influence folks. But I'm not looking to make a worldwide tour 365 days a year because family is the most important thing. There you go. So there you go. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's probably what you're about to do, right? Go jump in a hot tub now. Very, very soon. Very soon, Mike. Hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there what, you go. Hey, one thing I wanted the folks that listen to this, because we've really driven yeah. it home tonight about one, being committed, yeah. being committed enough to write your goals. But two, I would challenge everybody to not just, well, this is an experiment more so than anything else, kind of similar to the experiment that you mentioned with Steve Harvey. But uh, if you yeah. take out a piece of paper, this is a fun thing to do. You take out a little scratch yeah. piece of paper, you write three things, three things that you want to accomplish in the next two weeks, small things, not big things, three things, just write them down, take that piece of paper. Don't look at it again. And if you want to really challenge yourself, Put five things down. Again, hold that piece of paper up. Put that in the top 
of your sock drawer under your socks and be disciplined not to look at it. Write it down, look at it then, but then fold it up, put it in your sock drawer. Two weeks later, go back and look at that and see how many of those three or five things you accomplished. I'm going to say you accomplished yeah. 80 to 90% of them because your subconscious will go after it. Yeah. You won't even realize you you're doing it. You'll be out and about yeah. and you'll be like, oh, I'm going to fix that chair at the house. I don't know why I'm doing that right now, but I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get what I need to fix that chair or fix that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how, that's how the mind yeah. works. The mind, a lot, a lot of times people think it's, it's all, uh, it's all up there. The ready, steady, Eddie, what we're going through, like right now, like what we're thinking about you and I right now, a lot of what we accomplish is based upon what we instill in our subconscious. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, definitely all that training of the mind and the, the mindset mentality and the, and being able to just fill yourself with the knowledge and knowing that you have the belief. I think that's one of the biggest things too, like you said. So I think there's so many sides of it, whether it's commitment or it's that challenge to yourself and the rise up from that, man, I've, I've got a challenge. Here we go. I'm going to meet this challenge. But uh, I think there's so many times yeah. that people have those belief exactly. problems where they're like, Can you man, still hear I, me. Okay, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that a lot of times, like you said, without that commitment, man, and they have those limiting beliefs, it just really creates a problem for them. So I think that's a great thing. I think anytime you write something down, it absolutely puts it out there. You become more accountable. And it's a proven fact that when you write something, it, it now puts it on paper. I have now pretty much put a declaration. I have written it out. Exactly. This is what I'm going to do. Exactly. Kind of puts my feet to the fire. Yeah. If if people so, get great that, stuff, yeah. John. Yeah. 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 Well, if people don't get anything else out of this podcast besides uh, make a commitment and write down your goals, then they've gotten everything that they can get out of this podcast. Everything else is just window dressing from you and I. Yes, absolutely. Well, you can hear the siren flying behind me out here. I'm on my back porch, but yeah, man, that's definitely you know we got to have that mentality. You got to have the sharpness. You got to write your goals. Um, and if you're not looking towards the future, you just you're just putting a blank spot out there if you don't write something down about where do I think I'm going. And, you know, you got to have the short term and the long term as well. But it's just about getting those goals on paper. Like you said, John, it, it's yeah. just so important to write that down and have that in front of you. And anytime that you feel like, man, where am I at? Pull that back out. And look at it again and go, by golly, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on this. Here we go. I'm going to have some fallbacks, but I'm going to kick back up and keep going. And I'm not going to let anything stop me. And I know that if I have that mentality, I believe in myself. I have massive action, as you said, along with massive commitment. I know I'm probably going to be in that excellent, excellent zone. There you go. But it's definitely going to take some time to get there, right? And, and definitely it, it's pain. It's There's there's the pain and growth zone to get to that pleasure zone. And, and but then once you yeah. get there, how, how sweet it is, right? Absolutely. Celebrate it's, your accomplishments. Life is for living. There you go. So many people just live go. it and they don't celebrate it. And life is meant to be a celebration of your accomplishments and sharing those accomplishments with others. That's right. Yeah. Success equals the fruits of your labor. 
Yes, sir. How hard did you work? How much did you give to others? To me, that's the definition of success. Success is what did you do for others and how influential were you and how much value did you create? I think that's a big word that I've heard a lot lately with so many speakers. And so I just wanted to kind of put that in there as well. That Oh, yeah. Word. No, you're, you're uh, right. You know, creating that value and feeling valued. I mean, so many times uh, when I don't invest in myself and I just invest in others and do this and I don't create a lot of value in myself. But as you said, get in that library or, of course, now we have everything from Kindle to you name it. Yeah. Just like Tony Robbins. When he was 18 years yeah, old, he went to Jim Rohn. Uh, it's, it's even better than when, when I was going through the, the, the amount of inspirational material that's free. It's tremendous. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, Jim Rohn basically took Tony in. But the one thing he told Tony right off the bat is great readers become great leaders. Yep. And he told Tony to go read every single thing that he could get his hand on. And in two years, from 18 to 20 years of age, Tony read 700 books. That's amazing. And yeah. to think about that, you're like, what? Right. Gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. I said two years. Ten years. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to yeah. Ten, yes. I'm sorry. I said two years. That would be absolutely incredible. <laughs> That'd be ten books a week or so. Ten books a day. Um, but no, he did 700 books in ten years. So he averaged 70 books a year. So he averaged, you know, more than a book a week. And he did that for 10 years. And so when yeah. people, you know, to say to him, you know, where do you base your stuff? And he's like, well, I didn't go to college, but I've read a few books. <laughs> I'm like, a few? Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, that was yeah. when he was, you know, 18 to 28. And yeah. that's, you know, 32 years ago. He's 60 now. And as yeah. he says, he continues to read and continues to pump this information to him so he can give to others. So. I think that's the other thing is that you, you just can't stop. You, you've got to keep innovating. Exactly. If you want to be a successful yeah. business, keep marketing correctly <laughs> and then right. keep innovating and keep bringing value to the table. I think if you do yeah. that, you're going to create a successful brand or company or person or whatever you're trying to do. I don't care what it is. Uh, sure. You're going to become successful at it. Yeah. So, Agreed. Great stuff, John. Yeah, Anything man. Anything else you want to leave our folks with today, especially, you know, with the title of that message? Uh, as we said, down and out, down to the bottom, down to my last dollar, but I'm still going to the top. Um, and, and you've done that, right? And, and you've been able to achieve some financial freedom, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm situated really well. I mean, I don't want to go into all the details of it because, you know, it's kind of irrelevant. I, I don't own an island. Right. But, uh, right. But, but, but you're I'm financially not, secure and you're, you've got uh -huh. the peace, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. go. And I'm not I, looking I, to own yeah. an Island either. I mean, if, if right. we can buy an Island together, John, someday we'll, we'll just take people <laughs> down there, you know, and we'll do some transformational situations down there, but it would still probably be a business venture. I would have to say. There you um, go, Mike. We could do business but, and, 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 and luxury uh -huh. at the same time. <laughs> but, but I'm not worried about money. Right. You know, not worried right. about money. I guess the big thing going on right now, it looks like we're buying a horse. So uh, right. so that's going to be kind of fun, living in okay. Texas, owning a horse. It certainly wasn't yeah. my idea, but my wife wants one. And we've already okay. done all the college stuff, and kids are just about out of the house. And we just don't have yeah. a lot of that going on anymore. So, uh, right. so that's kind of uh, – and I'm not saying, you know – 
not trying to brag or anything, just trying to say that we, we, we put things, we prioritize things in our life. And, uh, and now we're able to do the things that, that, that are a priority to us to enjoy life. Typically you right. do things that are a priority to get you through life. And, uh, they call it self-actualization. Once you obtain your basic needs, then you can, you know, surpass those to do the things that you really, really want to do. So, uh, so right. that's just an example, more of those to come, but, but that's not what this yeah. is about. I mean, I really just want to give to people things that I think will help them that you and I had to learn, you know, on the tough streets of Dallas, Texas. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure, man. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is just giving back, no doubt. And, yeah. And, but for you to be able to be financially free. And I think one of the biggest things that you did was you lived like no one else lived at the time so that you could live like, not very many people to get to do now where you are at your age yeah, because they don't yeah. plan properly. And when they're in their twenties and in their thirties and they got a little money and they're just spending and blowing and going, there's no saving. There's no thinking. There's no planning. There's no, it's, I got money and I'm going to spend it and I'm going to have a good time. Well, if they stopped yeah. and lived on 50%, yep, they could still do that. But if they could take the other 50% and think ahead, then the later on where you're at in life, they're going to be able to live a much more comfortable lifestyle instead of going, man, I'm still having to chase this thing, man. I, I got so many bills. I couldn't stop working. If I tried, I'm a slave to the job. That's sure. not living brother. That's not living. No, no, way. no. And, and I'm all about like equipping people with good sales skills because selling is a skill. And uh, yes. every one that's in any kind of business is a salesman it's kind of a negative thing. Like I was telling a friend of mine that I was doing a podcast and I'm sharing my sales skills. And he's like, you consider yourself a salesman? Like, like that's a negative thing. He's a civil engineer. Right. Being a salesman is yeah. a negative thing. If, if somebody doesn't sell the project to somebody, a civil engineer isn't needed. Right. If, if somebody doesn't <laughs> sell the, the, uh, right. the, the housing, or the big uh, construction development, the manufacturing construction yes. development that goes in that you have to bring in the HVAC, you have to bring in the civil engineers, you have to bring in the double E's, uh, lawyers have to draw up contracts. Everybody gets to make money off this, but guess what? None of it happened before the sales guy got the signature on the dotted line. So everybody got right. employed based upon the salesman making it happen. So, right. uh, so, so yeah. people out there that are listening to the podcast that are salespeople, you should be very proud of what you do because if it wasn't for you, we could not have an economy. You cannot have an economy without having salespeople. There you go, man. That's so great, John. I'm glad you brought that, that point right there home, brother, because um, I've talked about that with so many people um, as far as, that's part of my deal, and I'm getting over it now a little bit, especially here in the last month or two. Um, one of the things, obviously, on the backside of coaching is is that I got to sell. Sure. You know, when you go, okay, Mike, so how much are the service? Um, if I bring you out and put you on my stage, how much are you going to charge me? And I'm all, and I always just rambunctiously, just like I am now, will go until then. And then I'd be like, well, 
um, this is what we do. And I wouldn't really say it like that, but I know that's how I felt. And so the training that I've gotten, you know, and from several folks recently has been like, Mike, you've got to believe in yourself because we can see it and you got to value your product so much and stop having this mentality of you're a used car salesman. I think that's what people think of when they think of a salesman. I know. And what we got to really think of with these salesmen, with salesmen out there is that they believe in the product so much that they have the passion that shows. Right. And therefore they're able to sell it. And so when people have this mentality of a salesman of, Oh Lord, here I go. It's a used car sale. I'm going to get ripped. Here I go. Right. I I tell people I kind of have felt that mentality until I've switched by having people tell me, "Listen, Mike, you create value. If you don't think that somebody needs that value, you're wrong, and you're doing them a disservice by not selling them your product." Exactly. So you're not I a like used it. car salesman selling them a lemon and going, "I hope I get this by." No, you're selling them a 100% grade A diamond and you know it and you actually know that you're giving it to them for less than it's worth and you should have no problem at all selling it because you know the product is worth it. And if you know it, then there is nothing about selling. I'm giving you the product and I got to get, here we go. And I would do you a disservice if I didn't sell you a product that I know would make your life better. That would be a disservice. Exactly. So I'm so glad you brought that up, John, because I think so many people have that mentality. And I've had that limiting belief on my side as well. And, you know, I just will tell people, stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that way. If you're in sales and you feel like that, you need to think, man, no, I'm in sales selling a product that I believe in. And these people are, I'm doing them a disservice if I don't give this to them. I'm not trying to cheat them out of their dollar. I'm, I'm, I'm giving them a service. And they really need this, or I wouldn't be selling it to them. And if you are selling them a product they don't need, then you need to figure something else out. But, you know, that's a different salesman to begin with, and it's not but 1% of whatever's out there, right? But we know that the same mentality comes with police officers. You'll see a police officer do something bad, and the mentality is what? All cops are bad. Yeah, And it's not the truth. Right. It's not the truth. So one bad salesman does not negate the – 59 million salesmen that are 100% grade A selling your product because they believe in it and it's right. So I'm so glad you brought that point. There you go. Yeah, man. um, That others could hear that out there that especially if they're being sold, I hope they will take that out of their mindset and keep an open mind and go, oh, Lord, here we go. They're going to sell me something. No, they're going to offer you a product that they believe in that would be a disservice if they didn't give you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, you got to, cause, cause all of us are just given a certain amount of talents and some of us are given talents to be salespeople and, uh, and it, and it's a wonderful talent. And that's one of the toughest jobs in the world. (laughs) Oh yeah. That is the toughest job in the world. I mean, from dealing with, you know, being self-motivated and starting and, and of course, as you said the other day on one of our other podcasts is that you get told no all the time. Yep. And so you've got to be tough. That upper lip has just got to be, okay, what next one? That that wasn't the one. And not, why didn't I get that? Oh, man, I have 10 in a row. I haven't sold. It's just like a quarterback in football, right? You just have that short memory. And I threw an interception. I'm going to come back on the next play and do it right again. Here we go. So, man, great stuff, John. All right, man. I, Excellent, I'm Mike. Yeah. Pumped up. Yeah, man. man. You, you, so you got it, man. Anything be- else that uh, – 
that you could share with the folks there before we kick off tonight so I can let you go get with oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, here's something that I think about a lot in every business that I've ever been involved in, and, and that is you've got to give yourself a carrot. You can't expect the company that you work for. You can't ex- expect your spouse. You can't expect some outside source to create a carrot for you to go after. And the carrot is an analogy, of course. But you have to give yourself something that gets you motivated to do something bigger than what you would normally do. And I don't know what that is for everybody. Uh, You know, for for me, my family, we like to go on fun vacations. They don't have to be super expensive vacations. We like to spend quality time away from DFW. Uh, Typically, we like to rent houses on a lake and rent a boat. That's the kind of thing we like to do. That's a carrot for us. Uh, yeah. You know, we like to go to nice restaurants. That's a carrot for us. Um, right. Everybody's got something that's their carrot. It's their something that they're going after because money ultimately is just an abstract thing. It's just the dollar bill, the dollar sign. What's that mean to you? Right. You're not interested really in making money. You're not really interested. And I'm saying people that are listening to the podcast, what you're interested right. in is getting something in hand where you can do something that you really want to do. Like yep. travel, eat good meals, have a hot tub, buy a horse, whatever it is. It's something that you want. Absolutely. Yeah. So when are you guys getting a horse, John? Uh oh. Did we lose you, Mr. John? Uh oh. All right. Well, ladies and gents, it seems like we lost Mr. John Sansoni. Uh, we were just about to wrap up some awesome, awesome, inspiring words from John. Uh, I hope you guys got a lot of this material, took some notes. I hope that you're writing your goals. I hope that you're having the realization that you can do anything you want. You've got to get rid of these limiting beliefs that you have. So as we wrap up this podcast, as I was saying there with Mr. John Sansoni, I hope you guys are going to get rid of those limiting beliefs. I hope that you're going to move yourself towards the future. I hope you're going to be writing down goals, realizing that whatever is in my brain is simply my imagination. And for me to write it down on a piece of paper, now I've taken what's in my imagination, putting it down on a piece of paper creates a goal. That's the idea. I want a goal that I can look at, that I can achieve. And once I have that in front of me, I have now created a situation where I have put myself out there and accountability becomes the utmost. And so that's the most important thing to do, guys, is write down those goals, write down your aspirations, write and write and write and read because great leaders, man, great readers become great leaders. And never stop learning, as I was talking about with John. Continue to innovate. Continue to market. Continue to add value. 
to yourself, to your corporation, to your company, wherever you are. Continue to add value to your family. Look at life as a game that you can win because you can. When you have the right strategy, you can win. When you have the right momentum, you can win. But you have to have strategy. You have to have momentum. You have to have that action. You have to have the commitment. And if you don't, you will never get to your full potential. I'll leave you with this, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you got some inspiring words in your brain today. And I hope what John and I have said have moved you. I hope that our words move you in a way that you're going to take action. You're going to have a call to action. You're going to determine that today is the day that you move yourself. And today I'm going to take that action, Mike. I'm going to create momentum. I'm going to write down a plan. I'm going to plan and prepare and expect to win. Thank you so much for listening, guys, to the Born to Succeed podcast. It means the world to us. Remember, check us out, MeritCoachingGroup.com. Contact us, MeritCoachingGroup at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Michael Merritt, Merritt Coaching Group again. I don't know if I've said that enough. My wife's podcast is Back to the Basics. And again, guys, a huge shout out. If you're at home right now, put your hands together. Thank you so much to our special guest, Mr. John Sansoni. We're going to have him on the podcast again, guys. This is our second podcast with John. We're going to bring him back. John and I are going to round off again together. This is great stuff. I'm very motivated, and I want you to feel that as well. So, remember this, guys. Treat others as you would want to be treated. Love, share your kindness, faith, hope, and love. Until next time, have a blessed day.